0: On yesterday's podcast, we talked about the potential downsides of a Kevin Durant trade. Well, today we're going to go to the exact opposite end of the spectrum and talk about why the Raptors should be going all in and doing whatever it takes to get Kevin freaking Durant on the team. And we're going to talk about it with William Liu of the Raptors show. That's all coming up today. We'll also get some thoughts on the Raptors offseason as a whole. Otto Porter, it back Thad Young and Chris Boucher. That's all coming up with Will today on Locked on Raptors. Thanks for being here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1210 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, July the 6th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And you can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast, and all your favorite podcast apps for free. We're also on YouTube. You can go subscribe over there. Hit the big red subscribe button. It's free to do as well, and it's the best way to support the show. And thanks to all the new folks who have hopped on in the last couple of days Your KD is good for business, as it turns out. Uh, and no one knows that better than today's guest, who is, of course, William Liu of The Raptors Show. On today's show, Will and I are going to talk about everything going on with KD and sort of the idea that the Raptors should maybe just decide to go all in the argument in favor of just pulling the trigger on whatever Kevin Durant deal is necessary we'll get to that in a sec but first a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Arcade 1UP and Locked On Raptors is partnering with Arcade 1UP to give away three free NBA Jam Shack Edition machines, that's right, three of them are available they're known for making incredible retro three-quarter scale home arcade games like Pac-Man, Golden Tee and more, enter to win at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade1up.com slash on for your chance to win one more on them a little bit later on. And now let's get to it. Will, how's it going, pal? It's uh it's been a little while since we chatted one of the OG guests of the show. It's lovely to have you back.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a lot of opportunities to talk about the Raptors, so I'm really, I'm really relishing this chance to talk about the prospect
0: of the Raptors getting Kevin Durant. Yeah, <clears throat> It's uncharted about. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Something that we've not thought about constantly for six days or whatever it's been. Uh, I appreciate you coming to hang out. I know, uh, you know, I think you and I both know the daily grind of talking about a thing can get laborious, so it's nice to bring in a pal to talk about the same thing again with uh, but that's what we're doing. It's Kevin Durant week here on the show. We've got, you know, on Monday, we talked about the rising Vegas odds and the sort of different iterations of deals that could work for the Raptors. Yesterday, we talked about the argument against trading for KD with Katie Heindel. Tomorrow, we got a crossover with Lockdown Nets. It's, uh, it's KD week all, all, all week here. But Today we're going to talk about, like I said, the idea that maybe the Raptors should just pull the trigger on whatever the hell the Nets want and just say, screw it, we're, we're going to go all in and try to get Kevin Durant on the team by any means necessary, which includes Scotty Barnes potentially going out, which includes all of the picks potentially going out. Pascal Siakam would be an emotional hit, I think, for a lot of people. Will, where are you right now in terms of like your desire to see the Raptors just say, screw it, whatever it takes, Brooklyn? let's do it, get Kevin Durant with the Raptors.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, whatever it takes is, is probably too much. I would say, mm-hmm. like, um, I would very much have a serious conversation with the Nets, and depending on how good the Nets are negotiating, and also really depending on what the rest of the league is offering at this current moment, um, yeah. then you have to really decide if you're going to do some one of those two moves that you mentioned, which is to put in Pascal or to put in Scottie. I don't mm-hmm. think under any circumstances you put in both of those guys. And obviously between the two of those guys, you have a hard decision because Pascal is the more – if you're going to get Kevin Durant, Pascal Siakam is much more uh, immediately available to contribute towards a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously Scotty Barnes has much more long-term value. Um, but I, I think if, it, if push came to shove, I think you do – include those guys in a conversation uh, for Kevin Durant. And I know that's, like, heartbreaking to people. It really is. But then again, <laughs> it's Kevin Durant. I don't understand, like, the the the, const, the constant, like, hand-wringing over this. It's like people are trying to find the reasons to talk themselves out of Kevin Durant, who is not declining, who is not, like – you might say he's injury-prone. He's really missed some time. I, I get it, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when he plays – He's Kevin Durant, man. Like, I, <laughs> like the argument really – I mean, it could be it can be deeper than that, but it's also not that much deeper than that. Like, we're talking about, at, at worst, a, a, a top five all-time score. Mm-hmm. All time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, let's uh, – I'm not saying, like, let's do this, but, <laughs> you know, you have to have a really serious conversation if you truly want him, and It's not going to be some sort of, like – I mean, if it is OG plus Gary – Plus some picks, then of course we're gonna build Masai a shrine. Or I mean, uh-huh. honestly, even even if it's <laughs> even if it's a little bit above that, I think we still build him a shrine. But like, I mean, yeah, we're talking about like at worst a top five player in the NBA right now, and it, even you know if he wants out after a few years, which is a, kind of a hypothetical that I guess we could discuss. If you're negative about it, you might say, "Well, Kevin Durant always wants out, whatever." It's like fine. He's on a four year contract. So if you do end up trading him, you will recoup like at least let's say you trade him two years from now, you recoup like 70% of the assets you send getting out. You're not gonna mm-hmm. get someone as good as Pascal, you're not getting someone as good as Scotty at that point, but you could definitely get a whole bunch of picks and and essentially you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna lose him for nothing unless he retires or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I mean, I don't know. I'm 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 very much in the bag for Kevin.
0: I mean, I think it's where Scotty comes in that I start to get a little queasy just because it is trading off for a potential like three year window with KD. In exchange for whatever Scotty Barnes' prime can be. And we don't know what it's gonna be. Like he there's a world in which Scotty Barnes is not what we dream him to be, right? Like there's a world in which he caps out as like a top twenty player or something like that, which is still great, Mm -hmm. but there's a world in which you look back five, six years from now and think, damn, imagine they traded him for Kevin Durant. Like that's on the table. As much as we're all (laughs) certain Scotty Barnes is gonna be incredible. These things are not guaranteed and becoming one of the 10 best players alive is a very difficult thing to do. You know, I think the reason people don't want to move on from Scotty is because of that potential top 10 status that he probably has if things go accordingly here, but none of that's a sure thing. Kevin Durant is a sure thing. He's really, really, as you said, he's Kevin freaking Durant. Like it's just, it's, it's hard to get around that very clear and obvious fact, Hmm. Uh, you know, so i put up some poll questions yesterday for the lockdown raptors youtube people uh and just to sort of give the three sort of doors that seem to exist door number one is scotty is sort of the main piece of the trade picks whatever mm-hmm. uh do you go in on that you know 150 votes 10% of people said yes. 90% of people said no. I actually kind of understand that. Scotty Barnes is I totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, door number two was, do you trade Pascal and say like three first rounders for Kevin Durant? It's literally 51-49, like split right down the middle, um, which I think also makes sense. And then door three is, would you trade Gary Trent Jr., OG, and all the picks for Kevin Durant? And only 69% of people said yes. 31% of people need to get their heads checked. Uh <laughs> Explain the feeling of anguish that is clearly on your face right now as you double face palm yourself. <laughs> I don't know how many times
1: I gotta say this. It's Kevin Durant, man. <laughs> if, if it only costs you that, I, I know everyone loves Gary, I know everyone loves OG. Mm-hmm. If it only costs you that to get Kevin Durant, you 100% do it. In fact, if he, the Maasai somehow turns down that offer, we need to start a petition to fire Masai if that doesn't get traded. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, it, at that point, yeah, I mean that, thats like buying a house in Toronto for like a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, like <laughs> it doesn't even matter what's in that house. You just you, even the land itself is worth it. So no, uh-huh. I mean I, I don't even really think that that that's not enough. I think there'll be another trade that, that comes that that will get a better player or even just some sort of pick conversation that's better than that. Yeah, um, I I think the the first two that you mentioned are probably the most realistic. I understand why people are really split on the Pascal thing. I think for me. If you are trading for Kevin Durant, like you probably want your most championship-ready players, and Pascal is a championship-proven number two option. In fact, he's yeah. actually much better than he was the year that he won the championship.
0: Him and KD fit sa- so well
1: together in theory. Like, Absolutely, it's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, it might be honestly if if the Raptors were able to make this trade and had Kevin Durant and Pascal Siakam, that might be the best one-two pairing in the league right now. Yep. Yeah. Like, again, people just have to, like, think, like, not even broaden their minds. You're just like, it's Kevin Durant. <laughs> and I'm not trying to insult people. I'm just trying to say, like, it, you, there's no reason you would say, like, oh, well, these two quality starters for Kevin Durant. Are you kidding me? Anyway, so that's the Pascal argument. I think ideally you should be doing as much as possible to keep those two guys together. The thing with including Scotty Barnes in the trade is that it wouldn't just be Scotty Barnes. And that's where you get into yeah. a territory, where it's like, well, because you need at least $35 million worth of contracts, no matter what, even if it's a three-team deal, whatever, the Raptors will have to surrender $35 million worth of contracts at minimum. And that's just straight mm-hmm. up for Kevin Durant. If they receive anyone else, they got to uh, send out even more money. Scottie Burns only makes $7 million next year. Um, mm-hmm. So you need to send out an additional $28 million. And, of course, you can, like, you could... Put in some other pieces, you know. I mean, Thad Young's deal apparently is is an extension, so apparently you can trade them already. Although it would really be just a. Big F you to Thad Young, a very oh, quality bet. Just, to yeah, be like, hey, man, we just signed you, but like you know, we're, we're moving you back to Brooklyn. and Enjoy. Yeah, Go share the Nets go again. share the four with Ben Simmons. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> go, yeah. You, you just signed the contract. Now you're going to go to Sean Marks and ask for a buyout, right? But I mean, like look, whatever. Like a worst case scenario, maybe you can do that. But even if you do that, you got to put in you know, Ken Birch. The thing is, all those salaries are fine. You're going to have to include OG or Gary at minimum. Yeah. yeah. And so at that point, you're looking at, well, I'm probably just giving up too much, period. Like if it was just Scotty for Kevin Durant and contracts didn't matter, you probably have a much more easier conversation about this. But just because of the extras that you need to add for salary, that's the part for Scotty where it's just like, at that point, is the deal fully worth it, right? So mm-hmm. that's where it gets really, really tough to make this trade. And of course, I'm sure from the Raptors side, they're probably trying to sell them on OG plus Gary plus picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I were the Nets, I wouldn't be in a rush to accept that deal because that deal sure. will be on the table from now until the end of time. <laughs> um, so, like, they should try to scour the rest of the league for 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 better uh, packages. But mm-hmm. I also don't think that this thing is going to be something that happens that quickly. And that's not like any sort of like specific in, in inside information because God knows podcasters don't have any of that. But yeah. you have to just look at the overall situation. Like, we're talking about the Nets, who are definitely in trade conversations for KD. Definitely yeah. in trade conversations for Kyrie. And depending on what they want back from those two guys, they're probably also in trade conversations for Ben Simmons as well, just to be able to receive certain players yeah. uh, in return. That's a lot to move, man. You know? So I, I just think that even just like from a um logistical standpoint, in terms of how many hours in a day are there uh, in terms of Sean Marks being on the phone and the rest of the front office evaluating everything, like there's just so much happening for them at once that it's probably going to take more than like two days, three days. <laughs> but that, that's not going to stop anyone from like refreshing and, and trying to get as much. Uh, you know content out of this as possible so
0: oh no give me those woge uh 45 second clips talking about the Raptors yes. being the obvious easy pairing i'll do that all day give me, the, please give me public posturing <laughs> please yeah. i need public i'm a little yeah. piggy feed me at the trough uh <laughs> <Yes>. yeah <laughs> yes. i i do want to sort of expand upon the og trent idea in the next segment because I put out the idea yesterday, and I talked about this a little bit on Monday's podcast with Vivek, but I think I've grown even more sort of staunch, and this is maybe the way you get it done. I want to talk about the precious Achua of it all, and whether he could potentially be a bit of a, a, bit of a sleeper addition in a deal to get things moving here. We're going to come up mm. with that in just a sec. I also want to talk about KD, and just sort of like the personality argument, and that seems to be something that Raptors fans are a little concerned about. We'll talk about that too. But before that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Arcade1Up. Shakalaka. We have big news, the only... The one the only, NBA Jam is back, Arcade 1-Up is the leader at at at-home retro arcade games, and it's not only bringing you the best game ever back, but they've made it bigger and better than ever with a wait-for-it, Shaq Edition Machine. We all love NBA Jam in these parts, it's the most fun sports game there ever was, it laid the groundwork for all the fun sports games you ever played afterwards, and it's the reason why I don't like, like, Madden or any realistic sports games, because they don't have explosions or fire or anything fun like they have at NBA Jam. No fouls, no free throws, and no quarters required. Plus, you can compete with friends and family through all new Wi Fi leaderboards, which is super fun. Pre order now from arcade1up.com. That's arcade, the number one upcom for an estimated early September ship date. Arcade 1up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics as well, like Golden Tea, Mortal Kombat, and many others, starting at just $399. What a great gift idea this is! Check it out. They are also giving it away an NBA Jam Shack Edition machine that is three of them to be exact 2 locked on listeners. Enter for a chance to win a game console for whichever room in your house you want to stick it in. Put it in your office, your bedroom, your living room, your kitchen, bathroom, put it in the shower who cares if it's the nba jam you'll want to play it no matter where you are at arcade one up.com slash locked on that's arcade the number one up.com.com slash locked on you've got till july 8th to enter to win your nba jam shack edition console don't miss out and enter today and we continue on your first listen of the day here with Will Lou of the Raptors show on SportsNet 590 the fan uh a man who once recorded a podcast with me at my kitchen table in my uh Christy Pitts apartment what what oh, look at us will look at us uh <laughs> doing the exact same thing just a little further apart um so just pick up on the idea of like the Gary Trent Jr OG package which is what people seem to be rooting for and honestly Based on what the market is, the fact that the DeAndre Ayton thing is very difficult to work with the hard cap and base your compensation and all of that, muddying up what the Suns offer can be, the fact that the Heat honestly have nothing to offer and I can't believe we keep talking about the Heat as a penitential landing spot for KD, how good do we think Tyler Hero actually is? Duncan Robinson is negative value at this point stop it it's ridiculous uh Mm -hmm. there's the pelicans i guess that are in there who could potentially make a move but maybe they just want to ride with what they've got and maybe because they've signed zion williamson they don't have that big blue chipper to send back to the nets so i kind of think there's a world in which that og package is kind of the best one that the nets are going to get but i put out yesterday the idea of precious achua being like a sweetener to a kd deal to make that package work to keep scotty barnes and pascal siakam out of the potential offer for KD. And I got a little pushback being like, oh no, the depth would be hurt too much. I, I really, really hate when depth is brought up as like a concern. They'll figure it out. Uh, what are your thoughts on Precious Achua as a potential sweetener? Does it take away too much defensive equity from the team? Does it make them too thin? Like it leaves you with a you know, a big four of Fred, Scotty, Pascal, and KD with Boucher, Fad, Otto Porter, whoever else you want off the bench. It is a little thin, but also Kevin Durant's on your team in that situation, which again, should not be underrated. He's really, really good at basketball.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would try to make the conversation about, do you want Precious or do you want another pick? Right. I would try to sell them on another pick just because I mean, look, I, I think there is some merit to that because you are taking away three rotation players at that point, which is fine. Again, it's Kevin Durant, but I would try to say to the Nets, would you rather have this or like a 2029 20, first-round pick when you have no idea? Maybe the Raptors are bad at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, because I think honestly, you make that trade if you're trading OG and Gary out, like I think Precious has a really good chance to be starting for that team. And mm-hmm. so the way I'm looking at it is almost you're trading three starters for for Kevin. And I think that the whole idea of trading for him is that you need to have enough left over. And I think if you do trade OG, like the natural replacement for what he does is probably Precious. Now, Precious is not as good as OG right now. Definitely not the same level of three-point shooter. But defensively, he's there in terms of rebounding. He's there in terms of serving that 3 and D role. He's there being able to guard some bigs and stuff like that. Obviously, he has that as an advantage over OG, OG's probably better at guarding wings and stuff. But still, I, I think you need to hold on to, um, precious. But again, if the Nets say there's no deal unless precious is involved, I'm sorry, man, it's Kevin Durant again. Like mm-hmm. there's just, there's just the singular <laughs> gravity of how good Kevin is. Like I, I think you need to consider this. And I know people are like hesitant for one reason or another. We'll talk about that, but like you have to ask yourself. So the Raptors hold, uh method of operation is that they draft players, they develop them, increase their value to the team while also increasing their skill set so that they have more value as, as free agents eventually down the line and get paid more money. And they either do that or they trade some of those assets force disgruntled stars because we know mm-hmm. star players when they're looking at free agency are not looking at the Raptors that's why the Raptors never operate as a cap team they never really mm-hmm. try to make all that happen they are always in the market to trade for disgruntled stars. Kawhi was the classic example now this is not going to be as good of a deal as the Kawhi trade you can't mm-hmm. always chase that man the Kawhi trade is like an all-time trade right you mm-hmm. get him for pennies on the dollar because he came off of an injury prone year and he was unhappy and he was very clear he wanted to go to the Clippers and he did ultimately mm-hmm. go to the Clippers But, of course, the Raptors swooped in and got him at the right time. And, obviously, it worked out as the best time of your life. Kevin Durant is, obviously, is asking for a trade. And the Nets probably need to trade him. But, also, at the same time, they have a lot more leverage in the situation. He has four years on his contract. And, also, Kevin Durant's a better player than Kawhi Leonard. So, you need to give up more assets for him. That's okay. But, like, the thing is, you know what? If you ultimately don't like the Pascal trade, if you don't like the Scotty Barnes trade, I don't blame you. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I'm totally fine with rolling it back. The thing is, if you are saying no to Kevin Durant, then you have to ask yourself, what would need to be available? Who would need to be available under what circumstances, with how many years on their contract, with what injury history, with how happy they are, with how young they are, all this other stuff, how much team control they have? what would need to happen for you to be willing to make that kind of trade because we know that's how the raptors operate they only do one of these two things um and if it's if if kevin durant with four years on his deal with no injury right now is something that you are saying no to you have to ask yourself as a fan who would i actually say yes to because if it's nobody it's sga of course
0: I mean, look, I like Shay too, but like, come on, man. Yeah, he's not Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant isn't Kevin Durant, as we've yeah. discussed. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty well made point. And honestly, like, I've said this before. I-, I think it really does just come to kind of come down to like your philosophy of what you want in the basketball team you watch. And. You know, if you are someone who's okay with having a lower set of title equity and, you know, potential of not winning a title and you just want to watch good, fun basketball with cool guys who you root for, then yeah. I totally buy the idea of not wanting to go trade for Kevin Durant because bringing in Kevin Durant brings all of the expectation and stakes and heaviness that having a Kevin Durant on your team brings. I also don't think anyone is, like, looking to not ever feel what they felt in 2019 again. I I think I'm a little bit more patient just because, like, that happened three years ago. I'm still, like, kind of riding pretty good off of that. You know, I I don't necessarily need the Raptors to go jump into something right now. But if the price is right, yeah, obviously you trade for Kevin Durant. Um, And maybe even if the price is wrong and it's a little too much. I am curious, like, what you think about the whole like locker room stuff with Kevin Durant, because a big concern a lot of folks have, you know, that I've kind of seen just sort of talking about this in various platforms, comments, replies to stuff like that is, well, he's not a leader. He's going to, you know, cause the locker room to sort of fall apart because he does that everywhere he goes. I don't really buy that. Like, He was fine in the Warriors. The Warriors had super team problems that pretty much every Uh, super team has. And they still won titles. Yeah, him and Draymond screamed at each other. But I don't think it was, like, obviously it didn't derail them to the point that they couldn't go and win titles or anything like that. When it comes to the Nets, like, yeah, not, not great so far. But also, he hitched his wagon to Kyrie Irving, who will decidedly not be on the Toronto Raptors if he ends up on the Toronto Raptors. I suppose there's the concern that he wouldn't want to be in Toronto and might agitate for a trade. I just feel like Kevin Durant can't really afford to do that now, just, like, legacy-wise. Maybe he also doesn't care about that stuff. And maybe, like, you have to sort of weigh that, too. Like, does he even care about what the sort of opinion of him is from the outside? Where are you at on the idea of Kevin Durant sort of, you know, being a no-go simply because it might make the vibes a little too dour?
1: Yeah, okay, so number one, none of us know him at all. And, mm-hmm. like, that's the thing. People are forming their opinions on someone they don't know. Now, based yep. off, obviously, there's lots of reporting. Obviously, he has his own podcast. He's obviously, you know, obviously been on your TV quite a bit. So you know something about him. You have an impression about him, but you really don't know for sure. That's just the one thing that we have to make clear at the, at the very start of this. Totally. Because um, this is not like talking about trade value. This is not like talking about like how good a player is. This is just like speculating on who a person is, which we really yeah. don't know. Um, to me, I'm thinking about a couple of things. Number one, um, he was a really good teammate in OKC. Yep. He was a really, I, I don't really think he was the source of the problem in Brooklyn. Um, he probably asked for some team control because that's just pretty standard for star players, especially. Yeah. It's caliber. Kevin Durant. Of course you do that. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I mean, you, you know, but like it, it, I don't know if he had like abused abused it in a way that's like detrimental to your team. um if you if you want to say that he hitched his wagon to Kyrie Irving and that's the way he abused it, I mean, honestly, like any team in the NBA was gonna be willing to sign those two guys at that current given time, I would say that a lot of what happened to the Nets this past year or the last couple of years was mostly Kyrie driven. And yeah. that's not to shift the blame. That's also just like he didn't take the vaccine and it really just derailed their whole season. The so front office
0: also handled it terribly as well. Like that was yeah total, total. They should not they should have brought him back. No, they should not have ridiculous. brought him back. They should have held firm with their line, but
1: whatever. Yeah. Right. It's, it's more Kyrie, I think to me than, than Kevin, just based on all the facts and evidence that, that have come out of that thing. Um, he was a malcontent with the Warriors in the sense that like he grew, he, he didn't get what he wanted out of that situation, which is strange to say, because he did win two finals MEPs and two championships, Sure. But towards the end of that, the reports are very clear that he just wasn't talking to teammates at a certain point. And, you know, he he did grow dissatisfied. He didn't really have the personality fit with some of those guys on the team. That's fine. And, like, if he wants to trade down the line, I agree with you. It would be bad for his legacy because, like, if you just look at overall, like, his career for as talented and as honestly as accomplished as he is, it's a little underwhelming to think about if you re-roll the dice on Kevin Durant's entire NBA career – I think this might be one of the more underwhelming outcomes, even though he's spectacular. So you definitely want him to land in a good situation. I mean, he could still ask for a trade in the future. You never know. He might just live this life of, like, an NBA mercenary or whatever. But, like, I think you got to think long-term a little bit in terms of who do you want to go in the Hall of Fame with? Who are the people that are going to be in your corner when you retire and stuff like that? And I I think, just like most people, would kind of care to some degree about that. Maybe that's not everything, but they would kind of care about it. And, yeah, I mean, it, and again, it, worst case scenario, he asked for another trade. Big deal. You can get an, a huge haul back for Kevin Durant because he's on a four-year contract. So unless he's, like, had the most devastating injuries possible, he'll be fine. And by the way, he's come back perfectly fine from yeah. an Achilles tear and a Jones fracture in his foot. Like, those mm-hmm. are two of the absolute worst injuries you can imagine for an NBA player outside of, like, the, the really, like, gruesome, like, Sean Livingston type of injuries. Like, yeah and and he's shown that he's able to come back from that kind of stuff so i mean like the the downside is still fairly limited it's is
0: kind of what i'm trying to say so yeah i mean yeah. make
1: this trade man just get it done
0: <laughs> yeah i think i'm less concerned about the sort of like personality fit too again you're right we don't know kevin durant and we're drawing all sorts of assumptions uh which is mm-hmm. probably unfair It's kind of what you got to go on when you're sort of theorizing this stuff, and it's all part of the game, I suppose. But I also think, like, if any team has ever been equipped to welcome in a dissatisfied star and make it work, uh, it's probably the team that did it with Kawhi Leonard under probably even more uncertain circumstances, considering his Mm -hmm. contract situation, the fact that they just traded away DeMar freaking DeRozan to do it, and the fact that they were really, it seemed, one year away from a full-on teardown. There were plenty of rumblings of discontent that season, and they still managed to kind of make it work. And, you know, I feel like Fred Van Vliet's probably a pretty good guy to have in that room. If they have Pascal Siakam around, it's a pretty good guy to have in that room. Earl Watson seems like a pretty good guy to sort of uh, you Former know, teammate. things on the side. Yeah, good, good dear pal. Uh, why is that? Uh, <laughs> did I do it right? Uh,
1: <laughs> Adrian way. Griffin as well, I think, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I think there's lots of infrastructure in place to make it so that you could probably welcome in KD and not have the sort of toxic personality concerns that a lot of folks seem to be concerned about. Again, no Kyrie Irving on the team seems like probably a good way to make it happen. Um, we're going to continue on. We're going to leave the KD stuff for now and just kind of pick Will's brain a little bit on the other offseason stuff for the Raptors. Bring it back, Thad. Bring it back, Boucher. Signing out a porter. We'll get to that in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online dot net who are your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info Find of the latest sports developments league reviews news and including of course Kevin Durant odds. That is the thing everyone's worried about right now. I think the Raptors are currently plus 200 to land Kevin Durant, which is not very good value, I guess, but it does speak to this being very much on the table. So if you want to throw some money down to the Raptors getting Kevin Durant or any other bet, you can go to betonline.net for all your scores, podcasts, injury reports, news, everything you might need to be the informed wager. And they have all your favorite sports and big-time events as well, including MMA, boxing, golf tournaments, Wimbledon. It's all there. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device learn more about the trends and the action bet online is where the game starts and we round out your first listen of the day here with William Liu of the Raptors show. Uh, leaving behind KD Talk until tomorrow, where we're going to do a crossover with Adam from Locked On Nets, and that'll be a great time. But uh, let's just sort of take a bigger picture of the offseason look here, Will. you know? Obviously, things are still in limbo. We don't know what the hell the final result is going to be, whether they get Durant or they get Aiton and some sort of weird three-teamer. Uh, you know, That's all still on the table. But as it stands right now, I've kind of made the point that if this is all that happens this offseason, it's kind of perfect and you're totally happy with what's gone down if a KD trade can't materialize. you know, Just bringing back Thad and Boucher, I thought was priority number one. Finding some sort of shooting off the bench, I thought was priority number two. And they got both of those things taken care of. What's your sort of overall grade and view on what the Raptors have done so far this offseason?
1: Yeah, I mean, putting aside the potential of trading for Kevin Durant, this is like um, pretty much the offseason that you expected. I think there were some... Worry coming into the offseason that Chris Boucher is coming off a really good year, um, yep. and I could see some teams sort of giving him more term. The Raptors ultimately gave him three guaranteed years, which is good for both sides. The The contract number was slightly higher than the mid-level. Great deal all around. A guy who's hardworking, wants to come back, came back. Great for your team culture. You Look know, at you sucking
0: up to Chris
1: Boucher. Unbelievable. Listen, man, <laughs> all you got to do to win my affection as a Raptor fan is just play good basketball and not bite a Pumpkin's. Number two, Thad Young coming back on that deal, I think it was really important for them to make a deal that was able to um, create a financial asset. Yeah. And obviously, if there's the other part too, which is not to dismiss his abilities as a player or his impact on the locker room. All that stuff is really good. And I think he fits the team. He can still play. Um, obviously, has great chemistry. Him and Chris Boucher, by the way, Just, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of those backdoor cuts oh, hell yeah. and, and, and the passes and everything like that. The, the great connection last year. The thing is, you wanted to create some sort of like a financial flexibility with this because you get into a situation where one of the issues the Lakers have Um, not to make everything about the Lakers is that they don't have any tradable contracts and not just like contracts that have value contracts that have money on them. Um, They're, they're literal. If you look at their salary page, it's like Russell Westbrook for 47 million LeBron for 44 million. And then like a D for like 38 million or something like that. And then after that, it's THD who makes 10 and like everyone else makes the minimum. So it's really hard to actually add things to your salary. You need to have contracts in your books. That's flexible. That's appealing. And on top of that. So not only is that, that, fulfills that portion but the second year is only guaranteed for a million which makes it now an expiring deal that you can trade around the time of the draft or something like that take on mm-hmm. some salary keep your salary flexible but also at the same time get something in return so just a really good bit of business and then Otto porter jr i i don't know how they convinced him to come with just slightly over the taxpayer mid level i i'm, curious, <laughs> I'm really surprised because i thought he was a pretty good free agent i thought the, the warriors would just retain him to be honest but guy who shoots the three really well almost a uh, career 39 percent shooter you needed somebody to be able to capitalize off of kickouts and stuff like that. And I don't think he'll be like gunning off the bench in the same way that like CJ miles was back in the day, but yeah. you needed somebody off the bench. You could actually shoot and you need some injury insurance for OG and Anobi. and you have that. So I think if it, it fits nicely, um, obviously you don't have long-term team control over him, but it's, he's a, he's a, he's a good player to have smart player to have. And, uh, fits the six nine identity as well so there's really nothing to dislike about the off season it's exactly kind of what you expected they got christian coloco too which i thought was a really nice move for them and uh yeah if they get kevin durant then again we need to build Masai a shrine
0: or a statue or just start like a whole religion over him, man. Like, you that? <laughs> yeah, I've made the point that if he ends up pulling off some sort of heist here, he should maybe just retire because it ain't getting better than that. Uh, it would suck for us. Oh, he hasn't got Giannis him.
1: yet, man. Come on. That's true. He's got to get the three greatest uh, small forwards <laughs> of this generation outside of LeBron. So
0: <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. He's a maniac. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him either. So I, I'm curious. I've kind of theorized about this on the show and i'm curious sort of what your view is because i think there's lots of different sort of visions for what the team can look like next year with the personnel they have what they kind of showed off last year i'm kind of curious now that they have this sort of you know top eight you would figure i would assume we're gonna see at least an opportunity for malachi flynn to like maybe finally at last get some i don't i don't believe in it necessarily but like there's probably gonna be some room there i see you look wincing and I don't blame you at all Um yeah. you know I would assume we're gonna see Delano Banton or Justin Champagne get some run and, and you know obviously Ken Burch is still hanging around too we always forget about him like oh this kind of serviceable backup center is just like hanging around on the roster yeah. Um What's your sort of ideal vision for like the way the team is constructed the hierarchy that we see even like the starting lineups the closing lineups like do you have like a grand vision for what next season should look like because I think because of the sort of maneuverability of the roster and the skill sets and kind of how they overlap and complement one another I think there's lots of different ways that you can kind of envision what this team looks like and it kind of be the right answer.
1: Yeah. um You know, that's actually the nice thing is that I don't think. If again, assuming the KD trade doesn't happen, and you just keep the roster, and then the front office says, "What do you mean KD trade? We didn't do anything. We, we were happy <laughs> with that and we had no conversations, right?" Yeah, that reporting
0: um, was never coming from us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And technically,
1: they haven't, right? Yeah, um, true. But yeah, I think that's one of the nice things. You actually have your your whole like style of play and hierarchy, everything figured out. Yeah. Um, I think that was for the Raptors last year. In addition to Pascal coming back off of injury and missing the start of the season, obviously he was your best player. Um, you just had to figure out role definition for everybody. There was like, I mean, Precious at the start of the year was just like a really, really tough on offense, man. Like, I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> Chris Boucher was like trying to play like Kevin Durant and and it was just not working for him. Obviously he took that uh, Boxing Day game against the Cavs where he was like, you know, this is the number one option thing is not cut out for me. I need to be a role player. And, it, and they obviously turned his career around and he got paid nicely because of it. Um There was just so much like searching for your role. Ski was playing. Utah was playing. Champagne was playing. Like there was just so much like what's the was playing. Like there was just so much of like what's going on. I think towards the end, of the end of the season, they really figured out what the pecking order is and they really know their style of play. And I think that if they, don't make this Kevin deal. They just bring that team back and they hit the ground running. And that's gonna be the biggest difference to Escameda last year. They don't need to figure all this other stuff out. I don't think they change the starting five. I still like to see a little bit more balance. Like I honestly would love to see Precious getting to the starting five and then maybe someone like Gary coming off the bench. But like it's so hard to sell that to Gary
0: on a contract year for him. Um, is it after though? A year... Can't you just be like, you're better than Tyler Hero? Go win six man of the year. Like, I, like I, I don't think that. who wants to, who no, who's aspiring to win six man of the year though? Like, people you know, with like a gunner spirit, much like Gary Trent
1: Jr. That is the gunner's award, baby. He'll be like, I could gun with the starting five as well. And I could probably <laughs> get better looks than the starting five. I think it's just like he had a really good year, yeah. better than what anyone could have reasonably expected out of Gary last year. And so how are you really going to I mean, I guess you could sell it to him by just saying you're doing this. And I don't care, but he's I don't think you want to close start that games in this group.
0: iteration, too, I would say. Like, if you put him on the bench, he can still close and play 30 plus minutes.
1: Yeah, I know. But like, again, you know, you know, players are weird about starting, man. And again, he's I young in his career. This is not like asking a veteran to come off the bench or something like that. Like, I think that's a lot easier for guys who have made their money and all that stuff. It's just I th- I would be a hard sell, but I and I also don't think the upside is like so significant that you would you would sell it to them that effectively. But in any case, though, like the Raptors are on a good spot, man. Like I mean, I, I keep going back to this, but like the only team in the calendar year of 2022 in the Eastern Conference that had more wins than the Raptors was the Celtics, who had a 24 and three stretch at one point during yeah. that second half of the season, and they finished with one more win than the Raptors at least in the calendar of 2022. So like we're talking about January 1st to when the April, when um, the season ended regular season. So they're in a good spot, man. They just need to continue playing that way. I think they're, they're growing really nicely. And that's probably why most people are, not most people, some, a lot of people are very hesitant to make any kind of deal at this current time is because they're, they saw what happened in the second half of last season. They're very um, intrigued and seduced by it. And they just want to keep seeing it continue. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that idea specifically even though I was brought on this podcast specifically to argue for Kevin Durant. Uh, and my case for <laughs> Kevin Durant is that it's Kevin Durant. Uh, he averaged 30 points, seven rebounds, and six assists last year with a steal <laughs> and a block. Are you kidding me, man? Oh, my yeah. God. Imagine having Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard on your team in the span of three years. just I'm just saying, it's a it's, lot it's on the table.
0: Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's Kevin Durant. Uh I know the title of today's podcast. It's Kevin Durant. Uh yes. he's it's ridiculous. You know, I think kind of what you laid out there, the reasons why I'm like cool if they don't pull off a deal is because I think they're in a good spot and there's like a building thing going on here. But again, none of that's guaranteed. And you might go into next season thinking that Gary Trent Jr. is going to take a step, or that Precious Achiuwa is going to take a step, and that's not always going to happen. And then you'll be sitting there thinking, "Damn, wish you had traded those guys off for literally Kevin Durant." You know, it's oh yeah, it's a very enviable spot to be though, because they are not under pressure to do anything. And I think that's ultimately why I don't think Scotty Barnes is going to be included in the deal. And honestly, if Scotty Barnes is not in a deal. I can get on board with anything else, even though the Pascal thing would crush me and probably leave behind a team that's not quite ready to compete for a title, barring some crazy second year leap from Scotty. You know, I think you can make, which it, is you can possible sell that by the because, way. Because, yeah. we, we can't, we can't
1: discount that. Totally. Like, I think yeah. people have made this point that like the year that the Raptors won the title, they didn't have a number two option either. Right. Yep. Kyle was not a number two option. Yeah. He had the ball and he was a point guard, but he was not the number two option. He averaged he was like dead. He was points. team dad. Yeah, <laughs> He was team dad and he was like one of those like dad left for cigarettes type of dads. Because like, you remember how much of a pain Kyle Lowry was to deal with. You remember yeah. that whole season, right? Masai had to sit him down and was like, yo, I'll trade you for Mike Conley right now. You don't shape <laughs> up and win this championship for us, man. Stop being like, I'm mad about DeMar. Grow up. You have Kawhi on the team. You're about to win a championship. You're about to cement your status as the number one option, as the number one Raptor of all time with this title. You're about to have an all- all-time legacy here. You're about to have a crypto commercial. <laughs> that's what's on the line do you want to go to do you want to go to utah or do you want to go to memphis like i honestly i think that's probably what Masai said word for word to, to, to kyle at that point but it's like yeah you know they didn't have a number two option at that point either pascal was coming off a season where he averaged seven points per game they traded yeah. for Kawhi with only one year and guess what the opportunity was left open and pascal took it and ran with it and he became that one most improved player and by the way i mean like scotty's coming off a rookie season where he won rookie of the year 16 points yeah. per game like how much of a jump would it be for him to jump into the number two option, especially if they're giving so much attention to a guy like Kevin Durant? Like, you have to think about these things. I think it's possible for him. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, man. I, I just – again, like, I, I just – I think probably for us in the media too, we have to acknowledge that we're a little bit biased because if we get Kevin Durant on the team, I'm not kidding, you and I will be doing a podcast every single day about Kevin Durant, oh, yeah. and people oh, yeah. will be listening like crazy. So it's, like, I think yeah. we're biased from like a career <laughs> perspective too. I just want, I just want to admit that bias too. You know, yeah, like, I want
0: all of my Raptors podcasting friends to get richer, baby. That's all I want.
1: That's <laughs> exactly <laughs> it, man. Trust me, Kawhi being here honestly earned us some money. Like for real, I think it translated to
0: financial benefits for us. Dog, they got me to write a book. Uh, me, yeah. The guy who yeah. doesn't write good. Uh, yeah. I have that <laughs> book. Yeah. It's good for I business, baby. I got it for free from Alex, but, you know. Oh, that's that's ridiculous. I'm going to have to talk to Alex about that one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just to kind of seal it all up. I know we said we're going to not talk about Kevin Durant this segment, but guess what? Sorry. Uh, the idea of also keeping Scotty and getting KD in the door... Even if it's a Pascal deal, which again, that's like a more emotionally charged thing than it is like a basketball argument I can make against it because like, yeah, Kevin Durant's better than Pascal Siakam. I just like Pascal Siakam more as a dude and, you know, that's just kind of where I'm at. But... If you get scotty barnes still on the team with kd it doesn't have to be about next season right like you you got four years of kevin durant like you can have this thing build a little bit it doesn't have to be that the team is a finished product next year and if it's pascal and all the picks you still have og you still have trent like there's a pretty good supporting cast there even if there's no clear number two just yet until scotty does take that jump but that jump is probably coming sometime over the course of Katie's contract and it might be that Scotty Barnes by the end of Katie's contract is just the best player on the team and that's pretty awesome too if your second best player is literally Kevin Durant um so I think we've made a pretty compelling case in favor of why the Raptors should be pretty aggressive about this again I don't think there's a right or wrong answer it's just really fun to talk about all the different angles and we'll continue to do that all week here on the show but we'll wrap it there Will anything you want to promote for the good people out there
1: uh, yeah, cover stories, uh, cover story in stores now. Get it. <laughs> um, I I did not plan this, but I realized halfway through the episode that I, I was have boring, it here the too. Right show. here. Oh wow. What? Yeah. Look at there this. You go. The Make second sure best
0: this. book Alex Wong has ever been part of. The second Exactly. Best. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um otherwise, you know, just appreciate you having me on. Obviously, this is a great tradition that we've had going on for like honestly like 7 years.
0: Yeah, man. It's been a long time. Yeah. Well, I've I never don't. gotten the invite for the Raptors show, and I have Alex. In oh the book. wow! I don't know what else I'm supposed to do? This is unbelievable. Mm. But well, you got
1: to talk uh, to Alex. He's the producer. I'm big time now. I don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> have to produce my own shit. You know, like i You don't just, deal like, with talent. Yeah. Talk to my
0: producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the ultimate bailout, too. You know, excellent. Well, yeah, I'll uh, I'll bully Alex into letting me do on your show. That'll that'll be satisfying. Just the sympathy invite. That that'll feel really mm. good. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Will, thanks so much, man. It's great talking to you. Thanks to the good people out there for listening and supporting the show. Please subscribe on YouTube and all your favorite apps uh, for free. It's uh, lovely when you do that. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Nets as they're uh, breaking it all down as it's all melting there in Brooklyn with our pals Adam and Doug over on that podcast. Adam will be on tomorrow's show, which should be a lot of fun as we'll kind of get the lowdown on where the Nets kind of sit in all of this. But until then, thank you very much. And we'll talk to you Thursday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye.